The following is a fourth hand production. Elijah, are you ready to bring on the weird? Yes, sir. How about you? Oh, yeah. Alrighty. Going all the way down to Waco, Texas. Yes, we is. The way we grew up in that time, when did it go down? Uh, April 19th, 93. So I was only 11. Yeah. No, I wasn't quite 11. How old were you? Six. What, that was the end of kindergarten for you? <laughs> yeah, probably something like that. What are you drinking tonight? I'm having a Frangelic Mountain Brown by Founders Brewing. I'm stepping out of my IPA. This is a brown yeah. ale brewed with hazelnut coffee. Ooh. Let me give you a little taste here, huh? Whoa. Can you taste it? Yeah. Oh, boy. How many alcohols are in there? There's nine of them. <laughs> yep. And, you know, that's that's right on the cusp of being able to taste all the alcohol. Brown ales, something else. I've come to learn. So I did get a stout, but it was only a single. Okay. But it wasn't cold. So I might mm. bring that in for the second half, but I don't know. It's 12%, dude. Oh, yeah. Bring that in for the second half. And it's a tw- it's a 22-ounce bottle. But it was only oh. five bucks. You think that's for a lot all at once? What? No, no, oh. no, no. The price, price, not. But that's that's a lot of twelve percent. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, after having a nine and then going with uh because everybody knows once you crack a beer, you can't save the beer. It might be okay the next day, but it's not mm, going to be the same. No, that's why I've kind of I liked them when I first had them, but then once I realized what was happening, the arrogant bastards. They're like a liter of beer. Yeah. They're huge. And then by the time you get done drinking that, you're kind of exhausted of it all at one time because you're trying to drink it before it gets warm. Yeah. I usually don't have that problem with my beer getting warm. I drink them too fast. So. Well, yeah, with the 12-ounce curl. What do you curl in there? Oh, it's just my, my good old cream ale. I got to go on B-E-E-R-U-N. What? B-E-E-R-R-U-N? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I swear I've only had one sip of this. I just couldn't follow your, your spelling there. <laughs> it's like talking in pig Latin. Sort of. Like you just, you know what it is, you just have to decipher it. I guess it's, you know, kind of a language thing. Yeah. Uh, do you, I don't know if you mentioned this on a previous recording or we talked about it when we weren't recording. I think you did mention it in a previous recording that you felt like there was a, you said the opposite in, the, in our last recording. There was a bit of, there was some injustice here on the grounds. Whoa. But then as you got into the research and I got in the research, I'm like, whoa, dude, there's no good guys here. Well, okay. Yeah, that, that's it. There's no good guys, which means I, th- I still think there was some injustice here. I agree. But not as much as I originally had thought, because I learned some new stuff. Yes. Let's let's gradually get into all that. Yeah. You want to go way back to the birth of our... You know, as I started to learn more 
I gave him I gave him a different nickname. I'll, I'll wait for it. Okay. There, there's an there's an important moment that comes up when this nickname is more appropriate. We should mention that we got our research from two different sources. You and I, right? Yes. Yes. You listen to the audiobook. Yeah, it's called Waco by David Thibodeau, Leon Whiteson, and Aviva Layton. There. Okay. It's uh, about it's their survivors of Waco. So I was like, you know what? That sounds pretty interesting. Let me check that out. I was afraid it was going to be a little too uh, preachy, like, oh, you know, Koresh is the best and I fucking love him and all this, but it wasn't. It seemed very factual. I don't think Thibodeau was 100% on board. No, I don't, th- I don't think so either. I think he was a bit like, hmm, eh. But then he got so embroiled in everything that he, there was no... There was no escaping or exiting at a certain point until, whew. Well, yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, if you want to listen to that audiobook, if, well, I suppose if we do it justice here, you might want to listen to it. AudibleTrials.com slash bring on the weird. Sign up for a free, you get a free uh, audiobook. If you use that website and then uh, you can listen to what the Waco book. What's the whole title? Waco. I think it's called it's Waco. Maybe a survivor story or something. Okay. And my primary source is the podcast American Scandal. And there was a multi-part series on on the whole thing and he did mention that part of their research for the the series was that book. So, oh, my book. Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah. I thought you were going to listen to, uh, oh, what was it called? Waco Under Siege? Is that a podcast too? No, it was a book. You had told me oh, about oh. it. Oh, yeah. I did I did listen to a book and it was only like it was only like two and a half or three hours. Yeah, that one was very short. Yeah, I did get some info from that one. But I got, as I dug more and more into it in, in different outlets, man, a lot of stuff. I learned so much. That I didn't know, I didn't want to know. Yeah, there's a there's some stuff you don't want to know, but we're gonna fucking tell you anyway. Because if we had to you learn it, believe it, you gotta fucking hear it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So our he's not a is he a messiah? He's more of a a prophet, I suppose. He kept saying, "Do not worship me. Do not worship me." So I don't know if I'd call him a messiah. A troubled hero. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> August 17th, 1959, Vernon Wayne Howell was born to 14-year-old Bonnie Sue Carter. Is that, his, is that her name? Yeah, Bonnie Sue, Bonnie Sue Clark. And in that period of time, while she was pregnant, his father, Bobby Wayne Howell, was like, ooh, yep, I'm not going to be a dad today. See ya. I've got other teenage girls to get pregnant. As you did back in the day? 1959? No, I'm kidding. That's not what you did back then. <laughs> Unless you were a freak. I don't know when Bobby Wayne was born. I don't know. Regardless, 14 years old is pretty damn young to be pregnant. Yeah, it doesn't matter if he was 14 too. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's not okay. No, probably not. 
he just went off and found another teenage girl. Seriously. But then while Bonnie got into a relationship at some point with a violent alcoholic, and then come 1963, she left her son with her mother, Erlene Clark, and either was with this violent alcoholic or she just left in general because she didn't want to raise him anymore. But then she wouldn't come back into Vernon's life until he was seven. But in that period of time, from from the time he was four, 1963, to the time he was seven, 1966, I guess. Yeah, that yeah, math checks yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> she had met, got married, and had a son with Roy Holderman. And their son, Roger, was born in 1966. So Vernon already had a brother, but then he was just living with his grandmother. Oh, Vern. There's going to be some Ernest jokes. Don't you worry. Don't I mean, Vern? <laughs> I was like, why Ernest? But then, then I got it, yeah. Who the fuck was Vern, by the way? Was it his friend? The cameraman? I, I have no idea. I've never uncovered that. Uh, just a Jim Varney thing. I always thought it was that weird, silent, super skinny guy with uh, was that other guy. And Ernest cared stupid. It was he was the one of the cops. He was one of the deputies. But he was always made super crazy faces, and he never talked. I thought that guy was Vern at one point. I don't know. I it's been so damn long since I've seen an Ernest anything. <laughs> I was probably too young to even know what the fuck was going on. Honestly, the last time I saw Ernest, I like it. I'll watch it every once in a while. Ryan is scared stupid. Goes to prison. Save Christmas. I should bust one of those out. Scared stupid's fun. Then he do it's one. Ernest saves Christmas or some shit. Yeah, where he he met Santa Claus and it was an endless bag of goodies. At one point, he was trying to get into the bag to find something, and suddenly there was a kayak. Just pulled a kayak right out of Santa's back. I wish Santa would bring me a kayak. Or was that the Santa Claus? I don't know. You're really laggy, dude. I am. Yeah, it was like, I am. (laughs) Let's hope it doesn't cut out. So at that point, he was still living with his grandmother. And then I guess we can jump ahead a a little bit. Uh, Vernon was 19 when he joined his mother's church, the Seventh-day Adventists. Is that what it was? Oh, yeah. And then somehow he got, was he living with the preacher or, or what? Uh, you know, I don't really know, because, like I said, most of my research comes from once all the shit started, for the most part, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, okay. My research is coming mainly from a survivor. Like, I have a little little bit of the backstory, but I don't have a lot of that. I guess we can, we'll build some, some on his backstory. I mean, he was kind of, he didn't have the best childhood. He, he had poor study skills, probably because mm-hmm. he was living with his old grandmother, and his mom was gone, no dad in sight. So he, he just, you know, just totally effed off in school. And he had a form of dyslexia. So he went to special education classes and then he got the nickname. Don't say it. I don't know. I don't know if you can say it, dude. No? No? Okay. I won't say it. It's the R word with an O at the end. Yeah. It's not the best one, but you know, kids in their early 60s. I guess at that point it was the late 60s. So in this book that I read or listened to, I still count that as reading. I still I want to say read because I want to sound intelligent. But uh, Koresh took Thibodeau. It's spelled Thibodeau, 
but it's pronounced Thibodeau, I guess. But he, yeah. he took him on a drive, and he told him that he always saw things differently than other people, and he consider, considered himself to be the odd man out in any group. He told him that as a child, he heard voices, he knew he was on a special path, and he vaguely said that he was given some sort of insight, but Thibodeau couldn't grasp what, that, what he meant. And that's when he was explaining that, like, he failed first grade twice, he failed second grade, and then by third grade, he was sent to a special school for uh, slower kids. Okay. Yeah, he was not... Uh, he was not very good in school. No, he dropped out in 11th grade. Yeah. But I don't get that. If you make it to 11th grade, finish it out, dude. Right. You got that far. I mean, at that point, if if he failed first grade and he failed second grade, or he failed this one twice or whatever, by that time he's going to be 20 graduating. Yeah. At least. First grade yeah. twice. Second grade. Who knows what happens in the middle of that. But at the age of 19, he was, I don't know if he was living with the preacher or if he was just infatuated with the preacher's daughter, but then he ended up getting into a sexual relationship with the 15-year-old daughter of the preacher. Yeah, I do remember this. That wasn't good. And maybe maybe if he was a little more stand-up-ish about it, it may have been a better situation, but then... He wouldn't prayed on it, and then suddenly opened his eyes, and the Bible was open to Isaiah thirty four sixteen, and in that, uh, it's not a chapter. What do they call that? A verse. Yeah, there you go. The verse. In that verse, it stated, "None should want for her mate." And somehow he translated what he read in that whole verse to, "I need to be with her." So he goes to the preacher and says, "I need to be with your daughter." He didn't ask. I don't think he asked for permission. He just said. She's the one. I need to be with her. And he's like, oh, hell no. Get out of the church. Well, in his eyes, once he, you know, he had sex with her, he laid with her or whatever, they were married in God's eyes. So he had to be with her to appease God or to, you know what I mean? Because he laid with her first. He laid right. with her first. They didn't, they didn't get married or nothing first. He laid with her first. Right. So... Once they did that, he was like, oh, shit. In God's eyes, now we're married because we had sex. So he was like, all right, well, I better make yep. it legit. So then he tried to marry her. His approach was lacking. Well, we didn't say he was a, a great guy, you know. <laughs> we didn't say he was, uh, you know, the best person in the world. Right. So... What was this? He was 19, so that means it was 1978. I don't know. I don't have my calculator here. I need that to do any kind of math. <laughs> so a couple of years after that, uh, in 81, he moved to Waco, where he joined the Branch Davidians. Not, not to be confused with the original Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Church, they were an offshoot of that. Correct. And I don't even know, do you know what... All that is. They went into it in the book, but I got to be honest with you, I I couldn't really understand it because it's basically the same group. It's like a you know I have Baptists and you have Presbyterians and you have all the different sects of Christianity. I think this was the same way. 
just another flavor of Christianity. Yeah, so I think that the Branch Davidians were very similar to the Adventists, but I I think they just had different views, so they kind of broke off. They were like, you know what? We don't really believe everything you're teaching. We're going to go do our own thing here. And they, they were So they were a little looser than the Seventh-day Adventists. You know, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I don't know if they were looser or if they were more strict. Because it seems like that's what the our church right down the street here is uh, is Lutheran. And it seems like it's a little little more loose than than other ones. It's you know we still go through the same the same process of everything, but it's not like strict on the nose this and that. Yeah, see, I grew up Baptist. Well, you madman. We we went to a Baptist church and it was the most boring fucking thing I've ever done in my entire life. It was so boring, <laughs> dude. See, that's what I mean. Like, there's no kind of you you sit there and you listen to what the preacher's saying and then you you just absorb it there's no kind of like a party we're not clapping we're not singing happy birthday or in in any form to anybody it's just you you go there and you be and the preacher does his thing and then you're done for 4 hours or whatever it is yeah it was a very formal thing too and then after my wife and I got married and we had the kids and stuff, we started going to another church that was closer to us. And it was way more laid back. Like you could go in jeans and a t-shirt just, and then, you know, the people, the guy, the preacher, he would be up on stage, he'd be talking. And then all of a sudden the rock band would come out and start just jamming completely different. Oh, rock and roll church. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I don't remember the, de- I don't know the denomination of that one. Rock and roll. I don't know. I guess. <laughs> but you have different sects in religions, and I think that's kind of what this was. I think it was a di- just a just a different sect of the Seventh Day Adventists. Oh, Vernon was having some sex. Was he now? Know what I mean, Vern? It got it got crazy. So in 1981, he joined the Branch Davidians. We talked through that. Mm-hmm. Benjamin Roden, who died in 78, originated that branch of the group in 1955 with new teachings that were not connected with the original Davidians. Uh, Koresh played guitar and sang in church services at the Mount Carmel Center, the sect's headquarters outside Waco. And apparently, Koresh was, he was into some music. He was he was a guitarist. Oh, yeah. Thibodeau was a drummer. Yeah. Who was, wasn't there another guy, though? Was it that Mark Bro? Was he in the band? I don't know. Was it Mark Bro or was it... Steve. It may have been Steve. I can't remember in the story now, but I guess that's not one of the that's not one of the important parts. No, that was just you know that was just Vernon's side gig, just something he would do. And I'm I didn't look it up or anything, but I'm pretty sure there's recordings you can find of their music because they actually went to recording studios and stuff. No kidding. Yeah, I guess this is a good time to say in. The book that I read, they met, I forget how they said they met, but not at a guitar center like the Netflix show says. Or no, (laughs) maybe they met at a guitar center. That's what it was. In the book, they met at guitar center. But in the show, they met, I think Thibodeau was doing a show at some bar or something, and they met that way. Really? Yeah, and when the show starts, it says that it is based off of this book as well as another book. 
So okay, I assume the information I got in my book is correct. I mean, it was written by the survivors, so... Yeah, I mean, it was literally written by Thibodeau. Right. But yeah, I mean, they they loved music. Yeah, man, they were just just hanging out, recording music. And then, uh, when did... I guess we can get into that. That It comes in a, little, in a little while, I suppose. But not long after he joined that those Branch Davidians, Benjamin Rodin's wife... He he died in seventy eight. His wife Lois Lois is it Lois Roden. That sounds right. Yeah, Lois Roden. Yeah, yeah, Lo- Lois Roden. His his wife was running the place, and uh, old Vern he just kind of inserted himself right into her life, and possibly more than that. I was gonna say, was that a pun? <laughs> That's not proven, right? I don't think it was proven, but there's. I think there's enough speculation that you can kind of lean into that fact because they were trying to make well they wanted a they wanted a son to continue uh whatever they were trying to do the chosen one another messiah something whatever they were doing which is ironic cuz they had a fucking son yeah old george george's coming up george did some stuff yeah <laughs> george was not special in Lois's eyes, he was something else. Did somebody ask Vern at one point? He they said, "Are you having a relationship with Lois Roden? Are you is she pregnant with your child?" And I think he said something along the lines of, "Yeah, if I could get a seventy-eight-year-old woman pregnant, yeah, I would be God." Ooh, I don't know. Was she seventy-eight or seventy-one? So, something like that. Yeah, I don't know about that. That's that's kind of interesting. Yeah, there was a little bit of. Oh man, she was born 1916. And, Jesus. Uh, Vern like, "Hey, you know what? Let's uh, let's go ahead and try to have ourselves a baby. That would be a miracle." <laughs> yeah, that's why he said, "I I would be God." Yeah. And everybody's like, "Did he just say? You're not you're not supposed to say that, there, buddy." I don't think they like that stuff too much. No. So 1983, 16 to 83. What you, what's your calculator say? How old was she then? I don't know, 67, 79. Did you say 67? Did I? <laughs> you may have said 67. I did. 67? <laughs> yep, you did. She was 67. I'll cut that I'll and cut I, that in to the beginning of that, and it'll all sound super smart. <laughs> just instantly. <laughs> so in 83, suddenly, Vernon Wayne Howell got the gift of prophecy. He was a prophet. As a lot of cult leaders are. I don't think it went, for Vern, I don't think it went beyond that. He never was like the son of God or some sort of anything beyond beyond a prophet, a messiah of some sort. What was the thing in the book of Revelations? He was the lamb of God. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, like I said earlier, he didn't want anybody calling him messiah or worshiping him or anything like that once all this shit started taking off. No, they wanted he wanted them to listen to his word and follow him to this end point, next point in in Revelations. He was just following down these seals, the seven seals. Boom, 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 boom. Right. He said, "Don't worship me." No, I got the quote further down in my notes, but something like, "Don't worship me. Worship the word." Yeah. You know, I'm just basically I'm just here. You know, I'm a mouthpiece for God, basically. 
Right. And this is the time when Old Vernon was starting to come into his his signature look. Those glasses, a bit like Dahmer. Yeah. He looked like, he looked like uh, kind of like a Jeffrey Dahmer with a perm. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> it's the the glass the glasses make me think Dahmer. That's boom. Right there. Thibodeau says that Koresh was not charismatic. He was a medium height and dressed in rumpled clothes a lot. He had unkempt hair, uh, but what he did have was a kind sincerity about him. Which messes messes me up, because I'm like, how can this dude convince other dudes that, like, you know what? I'm I'm going to have to take the burden of your wife off your hands. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know if I've corrected that yet, but I said that in, oh, what was it, Heaven's Gate. I was wondering if he was the one who did that. And then I said it was Joseph Smith of the Mormons, but... It was old Koresh. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Bad stuff's coming real soon. And uh, old Georgie comes back. Old Georgie Roden. Who, who is this dude in my dad's camp that's effing my mom? And about to take over my fucking job. That should be mine. Yeah. George was mad even though George hadn't been around for years. George comes in just blowing steam, baby. He comes in preaching. He didn't want... Vernon Wayne Howell preaching. He's going to get that. He's going to get that from his mom. Yeah. This interloper. What did he do, though? What did George do? He, like, went in fucking, not guns a-blazing, but... He came in, he was all mad. He came in and started preaching, like, violently preaching. Because, not Koresh yet, Vern had had the prophecy, he had an epiphany. Told Lois about it, and then she's like, "Okay, all right, Fernie, go in there and tell your story. Go on." And then she's like, "Ooh, man, these people kind of like old Vern." <laughs> but I thought George started some shit. Yeah, yeah, he did. And then George was mad because Vern's telling his story, and then George was like, "You know what, Messiah? How about this? I'm gonna, I'm gonna unbury this this lady over here. You make her come back to life." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that part. He still hadn't taken the name Koresh yet, I don't believe. I, Not yet. Yeah, I don't know. Was that was that 90? I think it was 1990. I could be wrong. We'll get into it. <laughs> he was mad, dude. George was so mad, he exhumed a body and said, all right, let's, let's have it out. Let's have it out, Vern. Who's going to resurrect her first? Come on. And Vern's like, ooh, dude, that's not what I'm about. Hello, cops? We got a problem over here. Yeah. <laughs> no, he didn't call the cops, did he? Yeah. Vernon Howell called the cops on George Roden because th- I think that's when they uh, George was all pissed off with him, so David took a bunch of them out of Waco, out of that uh, the Mount Carmel complex, and they moved to Palestine, Texas. Palestine, Palestine... It's a little, little religious stuff happening here. Mm-hmm. Was there a moment in there? I thought they went to Jerusalem or something in this time, uh, and then they came back yeah. and they they started camping out in Palestine, Texas, at Palestine. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they did go there and then came back and in three years or something. If I'm not mistaken, aren't the Palestinians and the Jews at w- basically at war with each other? 
They hate each other, right? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> so in this time when he left the compound, when George went apeshit, somewhere in there he married Rachel Jones. Oh, wait a minute. My notes a little crazy. Yeah, mine are all out of whack, dude. He went to, his, his name change. He went to Pomona, Panoma, Panoma, California, May 15th, 1990, to legally change his name for publicity and business purposes to David Koresh. I did not know he legally did it. He filed a petition on May 15th, and then on August 28th, Judge Robert Martinez granted the petition and said, okay, all right, buddy, that sounds pub- publicity and business purposes. Okay, sure. But some people have a hair in their ass about about it being for publicity and business purposes. But my thing is, that's probably one of the least, uh, one of the simplest things you could just check on the form. Like, there's probably not some sort of messiah. I'm going to be the messiah. There's a prophet. I don't think that's on the form. Pretty sure that's not on the form. I'll let you know when I go to change my name for the podcast. Once we get famous. Elijah Koresh. Now someone's going to take it, dude. Look, man, Elijah's already in the Bible. You don't got to do anything. Yeah. You're fine. I'm going to change it to Elijah Jesus. <laughs> That's one word. It's hyphenated. Something. It's a, it's a hyphenated after the E for for publicity and business purposes. Or I just go with one name. <laughs> oh, like Zendaya or Prince. Elijah or... Jesus. <laughs> Elijah Jesus. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Drop the ah. Yep. And just go with Jesus. Elijah Jesus. Elijah Jesus. Elijah Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. I'm going to do it. Well, California takes three months. Four months? Something like that. Well, that's why I don't live in that fucking West Coast hell. That's it. Because <laughs> name change legalities and whatnot. That's the reason. That's the exact reason. <laughs> no other. <laughs> so August 28th, 1990... Vernon Wayne Howe became David Koresh. And do you have what Koresh means? Oh, no. I didn't know it meant something. Koresh is the biblical name of Cyrus the Great, a Persian king who was named a messiah for freeing Jews during the Babylonian captivity. Yeah. His I did first name, David, symbolized a lineage directly to the biblical King David, from whom the new messiah would descend. But taking the name of David Koresh... He was professing himself to be the spiritual descendant of King David, a messianic figure carrying out a divinely commissioned errand. See, he's not hes not saying that he is the son of God. He is not a new incarnation of Jesus. Right. Second coming, third coming, how many, however many Jesuses we need. He just need one body. Just You just need one? You just need one Jesus. <laughs> and he's not an alien. How do you know? How do you know? Marshall Applewhite's dead. He just... He, he <laughs> perished. He might be up there roof surfing on the UFO like, Woo, bitches! <laughs> oh, he, br- he brought the fun side to the to the aliens. Yeah. Look what I can do. They're like, Marshall, get in here. Get in here. Get back in here. That's not what we do out here. Come on. We are divine beings. <laughs> it's been 80 years on Earth. Stop it. We are all off topic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. So he married Rachel Jones, and then it became David Koresh, and then I think Rachel took the Koresh name, too, in that time, 
and then they went to Palestine, the Palestine, because he had a vision that he would be a martyr in Israel. What? Or something. That's what David Koresh, you know what I'm talking about, Vern? <laughs> Koresh thought he was going to be a martyr in Israel. But my, by 91, he was like, nah, it's going to be in Waco. It's going to be at the Mount Carmel Center. Let's go get George out of there. Come on. And what blows my mind in this time period, somehow he was bebopping around the world and be like, you guys want to join the Branch Davidians? Good day, mate. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> and I mean, they had people from all over the fucking world, man. They had, didn't it? Yeah. they have people from Ghana, right? Yeah. How, how, where are they getting this money? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I really don't know. Australia, Ghana, Israel itself. It's really strange, though, that they were a like a Christian group, but a lot of their shit seemed very Jewish to me. Well, you think so? Yeah. Is it because his name ends in ish? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not the thing. <laughs> Look, you said it, buddy, not me. Ish, ish. <laughs> it's all, it's fine. I'm talking about... See, not, you weren't supposed to say that. Oh. What did I... I don't even know what I just said. <laughs> I probably just prayed to, like, the devil. Oh, the devil's coming. Give, give him a little while. So it's way down there. Well, it fucking seems like he's here now. <laughs> 2020 is a hazard. It's a fucking disaster. Anyway, he decided that martyrdom in Israel was... It's not in the... That wasn't his prophecy he was talking about. No, we gotta go back to Mount Carmel. Come on. We gotta go. So they... they Settled in a camp in Palestine, Texas. Palestine, Palestine, however you want to say it out there. Palestine. It's Palestine, Texas. <laughs> That's the way that nobody says it. <laughs> hey, don't mess with Texas. We're neutral here at uh, Bring on the Weird. We don't say it your way, and we don't say it their way. We say it our way. Yeah. We'll come up with it ourselves. Palestine. They were in Palestine, Texas. It was a camp 13 miles away from, wasn't it 13 miles? No. Mount Carmel was 13 miles from Waco. Yeah? Pretty sure. Uh, 10 miles southeast of Waco. Something something was there. I, maybe it was the camp. It was the Palestinian camp that was 13 miles from Mount Carmel. It sounds like an alien race. Palestinian. <laughs> They're at war with the Venusians. <laughs> Come on, I'm trying to get to a I, break. I know. Ah. <laughs> we are deep, too. Uh... This when they got back at that point is when George was like, "All right, David Koresh, raise this woman from the dead. I pulled her out of the ground for you. I did all the hard work. You just gotta wake her back up." The hard work is. <laughs> I think it would be a little Get, more difficult to raise to bring a person back to life, but okay. <laughs> he did all the physical labor. Okay, and. And Koresh is like, well, you're dumb, and I'm calling the police. <laughs> oh, shit. And let's have a break while stupidity prevails. Yeah. <laughs> so David called the police, and they said, son, you're telling me he dug up a coffin, and he wants you to do what now? Look. You're going to have to provide some proof of this. We can't just go barging in there 
looking for this dead woman. You know what I mean, Vern? I mean, David? Come on, Ernest, get with it. <laughs> That's when Koresh is like, huh, all right, now what you want? Okay, that's what we'll do. So him and seven armed followers. Because at this point, I think he's ready for his nickname that I came up with for him. What is it? It'd be a pretty cool band name, too. Uh, I'm kind of proud of it, honestly. Battle Messiah. Ooh, shit. <laughs> yeah, Not dude. bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a great band name. Battle Messiah. <laughs> so they went in hoping to get close enough for... Just just get a picture of the the exhum coffin or or even if the body or whatever. Yeah. But then the dog started barking. And Rodin's like, What in the hell are you doing out here? And then and the whole it just this is like Hatfield and McCoy. What is this, eighteen seventy three? They just started <laughs> shooting at each other, diving behind barricades <laughs> and whatnot. What is going on? It really is crazy. I mean, but it was Texas. I guess. Don't mess with Texas. Nope. If you're there, if you're part of it, if you've been to Palestine, 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 it doesn't matter. Don't mess with Texas. I am a Palestinian. <laughs> that is my alien race. Palestinians. Mm-hmm. Oh, Julie asked you about that. I answered her. All right. I said I was a blue avian because I was so uh, enlightened and magical. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I agree. Thank you. All right, where are we at? So things went, things got crazy, and I think the farmer called the police, and then everybody got arrested. For temp- uh, and then Koresh and his followers were charged with attempted murder, and Koresh explained what he was trying to do because Rodin exhumed the corpse, and during the trial, Koresh, you know, he just put on his charm for the court system, and they're like... You silly kids, you go on, go do what you're doing. It's weird because he wasn't charismatic, according to Thibodeau, but he did have like a sincerity. So not like the typical cult leader who's charismatic and all that, but it's almost like like he was kind and could, could charm you, like you were saying. Like, like he had a way with words that it could just kind of convince people of anything. And and just disarm you on sight. He was just like, hey, man, look, this is what happened. This is just what I was trying to do. I was trying to bring this to light. And the judge is like, oh, okay. Mistrial. And Rodin's like, what just happened? And then the judge is like, oh, by the way, Rodin, you owe a bunch of taxes on the property that you <clears throat> own. <laughs> and then not to mention, I... This was not in any of the research I did until I read it in, in this website that I'm reading now. Roden murdered Wayman Dale Adair with an axe blow to the skull. That'll do it. After Adair stated, <laughs> you damn right that would do it. <laughs> he stated his belief that he, Adair, was the true messiah. And Roden's like, what in the hell? See you in three days, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Good grief. That's a slightly different story than I got from this book, though. All right. Basically, what I gathered was George called the cops on David, or whatever the fuck his name was at the time, and said that he was doing some funky shit or whatever, and then when they went to George's house, they saw the fucking corpse in his house, and they're like, yo, dude, what the fuck are you doing? And that's (laughs) how, that's kind of how shit happened, yeah. 
Oh, everything I got was the sheriff, he wanted proof first. Yeah, he wanted proof that David was doing shit. So then when he went to George's house to be like, yo, uh, what's going on? Like, I don't see whatever you're talking about. He saw a fucking corpse. And he's like, what the fuck? You had the corpse? You said he (laughs) had a corpse. Oh. So... Keep in mind, my story is coming directly from people who were in his group. So okay, okay, they could twist it to make it look a little like George was fucked up. When in reality, it just maybe it played out the way you said. It's very possible. Uh, hey man, take it how you want it. Mm-hmm. When they got back to Mount Carmel, things were a little jacked up because George was not a very good landlord per se. Okay, sure. So Koresh and his followers had to build some stuff, and they wandered into this one area, and they're like, ooh, hold up, what's that? Propane tanks, beakers, burnt-up spoons. This is a meth lab. Call cops. We gotta get it out of here. (laughs) So he tried to do the right thing. I didn't hear about the meth lab. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm dead serious. When they got back in there, they back to Mount Carmel, they wanted to do everything right. They were setting this up. So they can continue building God's army. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to do it by the book. I, that was one of Vernon Howell's, David Koresh's things. He wanted to do everything by the book. He didn't want to piss anybody off. So I think part of their part of their money-making was selling guns. They would buy guns wholesale. They would sell the guns. But this was after, like, this was after they already did all their crazy trips, as far as I understand. But when they finally got back to Mount Carmel, they wandered into this area that they figured was some sort of crazy drug thing, and it ended up being a, a meth lab. So they called the sheriff and said, hey, you got to get all this stuff out of here, man. We're not all about this. And that is a problem that came up later. That was on their property. That was on the Mount Carmel property, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I didn't hear about that, unless Thibodeau... I was like, yeah, I'm not going to talk about that. I don't know if Thibodeau, was Thibodeau there yet at that point? Because I think Mark, I think Mark Bro was still there at that time. Oh, okay, yeah. And Mark Bro was like David Koresh's best friend. He was his buddy. Yeah, Bro wasn't there when Thibodeau came came about. Okay. Uh, What happened? So now they're, they're on, they're in Mount Carmel, all settled in, everything's just fine, and, and then... Part of the the Book of Revelations is something about this person having 24 children to be judges. You got that? Yeah. they. I mean, they talked about it a little bit in the book, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know the Bible very well, so. I don't either. Uh, so I'm just going by everything that I've learned up to this point. But it was something about having 24 children from 24 different women, so that's what Koresh was trying to do. Or or maybe just 24 children from the Chosen One, or the Lamb of God, so that these 24 offsprings can then be judges later on in, in eternity. Yeah, because different women that would go directly against what they teach. the You know, Christianity, God, Jesus, all that. Yeah, but dude's like, I'm I'm gonna need your daughter. I'm gonna need your wife. Your wife uh, is she old enough yet? 
All right, give her a couple minutes. She'll be fine. I need your wife. You say she'll be fun? Okay, fun, <laughs> fine. But no, this is when things get dark and creepy. Yeah. And uh, this is this is part of the reason why I think Texas is like, hell no, we're not playing with this. I mean, they had they had the guns, and they were at a level of somehow they figured out whatever was bought, whatever was in stock or whatever, could be turned into from semi-automatic to fully automatic guns, and that's a no-no. Yeah, they. I mean, they were charged. One of the charges was stockpiling weapons as well. But is that a crime? I. You know, I don't know. I. I would say, how the fuck can it be? Yeah, like, okay, you can own 15 guns under your name, and that's it? Like, what are they going to do about all these motherfuckers buying all the toilet paper? <laughs> Stockpiling toilet paper. 15 rolls per person. <laughs> that should be a crime. If I can't wipe my ass because your bitch ass fucking bought all the toilet paper, you need to be in jail. <laughs> Excuse me, son, are you stockpiling toilet paper? No. Uh, no, sir, this... Uh, this room's just full of guns. Don't it's, I but I don't have any toilet paper. All right, this is America. You're good. <laughs> you got any rocket launchers in there? Yeah, I do have two of them. Good boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, you gonna need them when the Iraqis come. Uh oh. <laughs> Otherwise known as ATF. <laughs> oh man. So we talked in the beginning how I had some controversial opinions on this. And I've said it before. I should note that I got this confused with Ruby Ridge, which happened right before this. Yes. And it was a huge, huge fuck up by our government. I I wanted to talk to you about that. And while we're talking about it, do you want to do that as next Friday's episode, potentially? I don't know how... Deep that story goes, but ATF was uh, a little trigger happy. A little, yeah, yeah. They've. I'm not gonna get into it now. I'm not. No. Do Do you want to get into it later? Because it it happened like 30 seconds before freaking Waco went down. They're like, yeah. we fucked that up. Let's. Uh, can we get Can we get a second chance? Yeah. <laughs> you don't get a mulligan, motherfucker. It's not golf. <laughs> no. Alcohol, tobacco, firearms. This is not hole two. Shit. <laughs> I missed the ball. Mulligan. Mulligan. <laughs> and they mess this up real bad. Look, I hate the fact that David Koresh decided, you know what? I'm going to need a bunch of babies. And they're going to come from your wives. One of the wives that he impregnated was his new faithful, Steve. Oh, yeah. Like, Ah, that's fucked up, dude. Like, can you... Somewhere in the midst of that, his best friend, Mark Bro, is like... He just married... Um, Damn it, what's her name? She's got a funny name. Yeah, I don't remember what her name was. Baron Yai. Baron Yai. Wasn't it Baron Yai? I have no clue. I don't I don't know what her name was. But I... There was a... Give me just... Go ahead. You, you do your thing. I got a picture well, I was just going to say didn't because Koresh came to him and was like, look, you're not going to be able to have sex with her anymore and all this. And, he, and bro was like, fuck, dude, we just got married. Fuck you. And like that was part of the reason he he got out, right? Yeah, she's 
she's my wife and 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 he was like uh dude i'm pretty sure that's not what it says in the bible this is not what you're supposed to be doing this is nowhere in the bible right yeah put another shrimp on the bobby and go fuck yourself he was the uh quote-unquote sinful messiah right he didn't call himself that. I think everyone called him that, though. Yes. Yep. Yep. That's that's where we're coming down. But, hey, man, I kind of like Battle Messiah. But I like Battle Messiah, my, too. My personal opinion. Let's start a band, dude. I can't play an instrument. I can play more cowbell Triangle? if you want. I can do cowbell. Oh, cowboy. Yeah, cowbell. It's just the whole band is just going to be percussion because guitars are just... We'll find a guitarist, I guess. Yeah, they're too complicated, man. All the You just got to move your fingers too much. Oh, yeah, I don't know that, no. Do you want to do cowbell and sing, or are we going to have to get a singer, too? Well, if we want to be good, we should get a singer, too, because <laughs> we don't want me out there singing. <laughs> oh, we have, uh, we're just going to do cover, we're just a cover band with no with no uh, singer? I could play guitar if it's a Guitar Hero guitar, and it's just Ooh, Guitar Hero songs. It's going to be tough finding tabs for, for songs. Guitar Hero tabs. All right, let's see. Red, green, blue, yellow, blue, green, yellow, 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 green, blue. It's going to be tough. <laughs> Through the fire and flames by Dragon Force. <laughs> you can't say it that fast. It's, you can't even. It's so fucking fast. It's just all of them at the same time. It's insane. I, my, my hand does not work that fast. But yeah. It was tough. Her na- I'm pretty sure her name was Baron Yai. Something like that. She, I mean. They hail from Australia, so things are not American there. I mean, it's not traditionally American to call your daughter Baron Yai. No. No, it's not. Damn it all. I can't find that picture. But anyway, Mark Bro and that, that was her last name. I don't remember her first name, Baron Yai. But they were like best friends, and Mark Bro's like, dude, this is not what you're supposed to do. I, I can't hang out no more, man. I got to go. Yeah. Well, Koresh told the members of the group that sex needed to cease because it was a distraction and that married couples had to separate and only Koresh, only Koresh was given the authority to have sex with anyone he wanted in order to procreate the inner circle that would establish their new kingdom. Ah, yes. The burdens of the prophet and lamb of God. He didn't want to do it. Uh, no, he, he he didn't want to do it. He, but he had to. Had to. He had to. It, it was so tough on him, man. I feel so bad for him. Had to marry that fourteen-year-old little girl. Yeah. Oof. God. Yep. Yep. That's yep. where. That's where it turns. I didn't know about that shit before. Before I started doing the research about all the little fucking kid touching and all that weird shit he did. Yeah, you only knew about the tanks just just ramming hell through the compound. I knew about the siege, yeah. The And I was like, what the fuck? Like, they're just... It's just a religious little compound. Like, what the fuck is happening yeah. here? And yeah, I was the same way. I'm like, this this is crazy. And you, you were kind of convincing me of the fact that there was some serious injustice going on there. And then, you know, each of us get into the story on our own time. And I'm like... In the beginning, I'm like, dude, little, little Vern's kind of messed up. All right, you know, that's okay. He didn't hit his head. That, that doesn't turn him into a serial killer. Mm-hmm. He, you know, it's it's a little rough growing up like that. We're going to be all right. And then he got his charisma, and then all of a sudden, he's 19. He gets the 15-year-old girl pregnant. I'm like, all right, 
all right, Vernie, do the right thing, Vernie. Come on. And then Preacher Man's like, you're going to hell, son. Get out of this house of God. And he said, no, I'm not, because God talks to me. He already told me I'm not. He told me you're going to hell. Well, <laughs> who's got the calling now, Preacher Man? They were out there on the front lawn just doing, like, wizard battles, like... <laughs> Their spell book consists of the Bible. Revelations 14! Gotcha! <laughs> oh, man. What's another chapter of the, the Bible? John? John 3.16? I call upon the forces of John! <laughs> That's what Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, used to do. Wizard battles with preachers. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was his whole thing. He, Oh, my God. He was the battle messiah. Fuck. He drank beer, too. He wasted most of that beer. You know, he would shake them up and he'd smash them into each other and just, like, drink. Like, I mean, you got a few ounces, yeah, but the rest of it's on the mat and on your chest and everywhere else. You wasted it. Oh, all that sticky beer all over you. My God. Yeah. Then you got to wrestle somebody? Body slam somebody into it? Yeah. Come on, Stone Cold. Clean your act up. You're the battle messiah. Stop it. (laughs) Koresh was the actual battle messiah. Then, um, how much more do you want to get into? Because there's, and we could, we could dig deep. So he was marrying the, he was marrying the kids and having babies with the babies. Yeah. Damn it. Babies and babies. That's where he fucking lost me, dude. I, I mean. Yeah. Even Thibodeau said, like, if it wasn't for that, this siege probably would have never really happened. But I, I don't know. He was talking about the seven seals and trying to, you know, open up the seven seals and all that. Mm-hmm. And then when the first siege happened, he got shot in the stomach and in the side or something. The first? Yeah. The ATF went in once. Was it the ATF or FBI? I think I'm pretty sure it was the ATF. They went in once, and that's when he got injured that time. And then... That's when they started having all the negotiations with the FBI and the ATF and all that. Okay. Uh, he, he already knew that there was some some jackass running around. He's, what was his name? Is, was it Robert Rodriguez? I think it's what the, the agent's name was. He went undercover to go hang out with Koresh, and boy, did he fuck that up. Is he one of the ones who lived across the street from him, basically? Yeah, I think they set up these undercover agents just just down the road. From the compound. Yeah. Yeah, we just moved in over there, man. We're just kind of, we're just hanging out. Yeah, look at this cool gun I just got. And Crash is like, oh, you want to know about... He just hit the targets. Oh, yeah, they were they were always out there shooting. Yeah. But Crash I don't exactly know. Go on. Well, I was going to say, not, well, not Crash. Thibodeau said it was weird because that group of people that moved in the I think it was like three guys who moved into that house. And he said there was like no, they didn't take like hardly any furniture in. It was all like radio equipment and shit. And they were always out there just like just you know taking little golf shots in the yard. Like <laughs> they didn't take any furniture. They just took weird radio equipment. Didn't you think something was going on? I think Koresh knew exactly what was going on. Well, according to the show, he did. Yeah, in the show, he went over and was like. You know, introduced himself, and he was playing polite, but he knew from the fucking get-go what was up. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I'm, he knew right away. Because Robert Rodriguez tried to do... He, he tried to look like he was stupid, but he looked like he was stupid too hard. But then they, they came in at one point, shot some things up, and then and then negotiations started happening. And then that's when he's like, you know what? Yeah, I got a, I got a bullet hole in my side. Yeah, I... I, I I feel those seven seals coming on now. Yeah. FBI's like, can you send some people out? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. You just just go on. And and, and that fifty one day standoff after the first battle happened. They you know, they were trying they send people out occasionally and then he's like, Nah, I'm not gonna surrender. I gotta wait for the seven seals. I gotta figure out how to unlock the last of the seven seals. And then the FBI is like, what the fuck, dude? We talked about this. Apparently, the whole group thought, all right, tomorrow's the day. We're done. So they fucking partied it up the night before. They ate like crazy. They drank, like, all the whiskey and shit like that. Like, they just went fucking... And Koresh is upstairs laying there like, fuck, this... My bullet wounds hurt. Yeah, and Steve Steve comes down and he's like, "Guys, what the f- what are you fucking doing?" So then I don't know. Steve said some I can't remember what he said, but he was like, "Like you're not following the word or whatever like that." And then the next day, Crush was like, "Yeah, we're not going now." And then everyone in the group was like, "Fuck!" God's so mad at us because we were getting just fucking wasted and you know. Being mm-hmm. just fucking gorging <laughs> on all this food, God must have told him it's not time for us to go. We got to rededicate ourselves. So they they assumed that. Yeah. Now some people say Koresh's plan was to go out with them and kill himself on the front lawn, but he got scared, and that's why he was like, "No, we're not going. No, 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 we're not going." Well, isn't suicide a whole? That's a big. That's a big, big no-no. That's a big no-no. Yeah, in Christianity, uh, I, I, not all religions, obviously. What are you trying to say? Well, fucking suicide bombers all and right. shit. You know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it, it's kind of funny because Bill Clinton, who was the president at the time, said that the FBI mm-hmm. expected it to last no more than a week. It lasted fifty-one fucking days. So. Right. Trust the FBI, right? Uh, I guess. You know they're listening. At least one FBI agent listens to every single episode of every podcast. Just to make sure we don't say FBI, 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 FBI. My phone just lit up. (laughs) If we say FBI more, does that mean more agents listen? I think it goes higher on the board. You know, the more you say it, the higher up the priority. Priority. When are we getting Hoover? That fucking guy, huh? <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, things took a turn for the old Branch Davidians. There was, uh, there was something else in there during the siege. The 51 days. It, oh, yeah, they... Damn it, I know I'm forgetting something. Damn it. But anyway, they... 51 freaking days, they're not leaving the compound. They're not going to get groceries. So they got to live on like their... The lanterns are powered by some kind of fuel. Yeah. So they're living on that. They're just they're just roasting Vienna sausages over a freaking lantern. At this point, they they let so many go, send them out to the FBI, and they're still trying to negotiate. 
Dave, Dave is still trying to figure out the freaking seals. And you know why he agreed to let people go? Why? Because he recorded a message that he wanted played on, uh, I don't know if it was TV or what. And every time they oh, yeah. played that message, he would let somebody out. Or was it somebody oh. or was it a kid? I think it was a child he would let out. Okay. It might have been a radio station. E- either way, it's every time they played his message. Now, his message wasn't crazy. It wasn't like, I am the one and true leader of the human race and da 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 da. It was just like, like a Christian message, like a a sermon. I don't think it was that long, though. I think it was basically like, look, these are the, you know, this is what we believe. This is what I believe. And this is what you, sh- you should hear this because this is important. And every time they played it, he would let a, a person or a child out, an adult or a child. I mean, a, a okay. child is a person, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. It came back to me. After the first wave of an attack before the 51-day standoff, uh, there was clear evidence out there that some shit went down. Either it was the FBI slash ATF that did some some gnarly stuff out there, or it was the, the, the Mount Carmel folks that were near, the Branch Davidians. But w- during the 51-day day standoff, while they were trying to torture the people inside, playing the screaming sounds of rabbits and bad music for day and night and stadium lights. They were also just driving their tanks all over the place. Try, it pretty much looked like they were trying to cover up evidence of the fuck up the for the first time around. That wouldn't surprise me. I know they did all the torture, the stadium lights, all that shit, the tanks... It wouldn't surprise me if they were trying to cover up evidence. They smashed vehicles. They smashed kids' go-karts. They were just like, no, we're not. Just smashing everything, man. (laughs) That was a really good tank noise. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Yeah, Yeah, I like that. I've been practicing. (laughs) (laughs) And the go-karts were actually a really big thing for them because they would have, uh, I don't know if it was on Sundays or what, but... They would have go-kart races for the little ones, and they would have dirt bike races for the older ones. It was just, it was a big thing. It was a big, everybody gather around, like, let's have some fun, let's do some racing, and... That sounds like a good time. Until... Sounds like a blast. Until David Koresh is, yeah, until David Koresh is having courtship with your 12-year-old sister. Then it's a bad time. See, like I said, if if it was just that minus the kid shit if it was just that they should have never ever been fucked with and then even no. with the kid shit they should have never ever been fucked with the the way they were no look i i am not for polygamy does that mean i'm monogamist F- fine yeah i don't dude look one wife's a fuck enough <laughs> you know what i'm saying i tell my wife that all the time she's like if something happens to me, I want you to get married, uh, you know, for for the kids. I was like, I'd learn my lesson the first time. No thanks. Just, we have the same conversation, <laughs> and she's like, "You want to get married again if something happens to him?" I'm like, no. Not she's like, "Oh, great, thank you, yeah. thank you." What? <laughs> what you want me to say? Yeah. <laughs> I'll get like no, a nanny. There's or something. enough women here. I don't. Also, no. You know what? They're, they're old enough. They can figure shit out. 
Well, I mean, if she wants like a you know a female role, I'll get a nanny. But I'm sure as fuck not getting yeah. another wife. It's got to be like a Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. And sure she's not going to be Lois Roden, 1916. Come on, David Koresh. What? You know what I mean, Vern? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what are we doing, man? I don't know. ATF was like, we're tired of this. Yo, Clinton, what you want us to do? And he's like, uh, Janet, what do you say? They're beating kids. Get them. The media really did a number on this, too. Oh, there, there's a real, real funny thing about the media. Like, weren't they there days before the siege was actually supposed to happen? Well, it's funny because some of the media who were, they, they interviewed the people and they were kind of like on their side or whatever. They were there behind the ATF. Well, they had to be like stationed on the the farmer's land, not on the Mount Carmel property y- itself. Oh, yeah, yeah but- they were they were like so far away that they couldn't report actual injustice. Right, right, right. So they couldn't report the truth. They would get whatever I don't know the commander or whatever the fuck the chief told them happened. Right, right. But the media made it out to be like. You know, like like the Alamo, like the people in there, it was like them versus all of the fucking government officials. And they were out there just fucking just like going crazy, a barrage of bullets. And that's not what it was. No, the Davidians or the people in Waco or what? I don't know whatever you want to call them. They weren't they said they weren't Davidians. They were seekers of uh, I don't know. They were, I forget what they called themselves. The Mount Carmelians. Uh, they were students of the Bible. They didn't have an official name. Ooh. Okay. That's fine. But that's good. There's no, like you were, they're not so up their own asses that they're like, we are this cult. Yeah. We are these people. We are the ones like, no, it was. Koresh was kind of up his own ass. He's like, look, I'm gonna need some wives. You guys wanna, you guys wanna give up some some of your lady friends? I can't, I, I can't get them myself. I just gotta convince you to give me yours. Yeah. There was this. Uh, I was talking about the media. There was this guy Ron Engelman. Okay. He was a host of a uh, radio show for KGBS out of Dallas, and he was sympathetic to the group. Uh, he said that he he couldn't believe the U.S. government was attacking them so viciously. Yeah. It was a vicious, vicious attack. People were run over with tanks, dude. Right. And then they blasted through the walls. They threw tear gas in there. And at some point, between the lanterns that they had cooking their Vienna sausages or somebody sparked something somewhere, something lit up and everything just burst into flames. Yeah. We got to start. You think we got to start closing this out? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. There's still there's still so so much to the story, but at this point in time, the FBI was just smashing everything. They punched holes through the walls so they could. They punched holes through the walls with the with the nose of the tank mm-hmm. so they could fling tear gas in there. These ATF and FBI agents are just driving tanks around like, dude, why don't you get the license for the tank? So they just smash the walls. Things are on fire. People are dying everywhere. 
Thibodeau said, he kept thinking to himself, you know, this this is not going to end pretty, but it's not going to be as bad as everyone's saying. Our government wouldn't do that to us. Our government would not do that to its own citizens. That was like before all this shit happened. And then what do you know? Our government went in and just like, and we look at other countries in the Middle East and shit who like gas their own citizens and we're like, oh, shame on them. What the fuck? just happened in Waco. Yeah, that was a little bit nuts. Unbelievable, dude. So, there's no good guys. That's how we started this podcast. There's no good guys here. Koresh did some heinous shit. Yeah. Most of his heinousness was, like, trying to impregnate young girls. And that's terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yes. But it was... Was a 14... I think it was 14 that was the legal age of consent in Texas at the time. No, no, I don't think so. I think, no? oh, damn it, I just heard it the other day. I just heard it, and I didn't put it down. Was it 14 or 16? I think it's 16, and even at 14, with both parties' consent, it's still statutory rape. Even in that time? Yeah. It's 16 still today in a lot of places. Age of consent. That's too fucking young. It should be like 21. Oh. <laughs> at 18? Do you remember what you? how stupid you were at 18? Yes. Let me see. 18. I was born in 1982. So 18, I was the end of 2000. I had just finished high school. And then in March of 2001, that's when we found out we were pregnant with my oldest daughter. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> I was like 23 no, when I had my first kid. No, it wasn't. No, no, no. Uh, it wasn't 2001. What the hell's wrong with me? March of 2002. So I was only, I was still only 19. She was born at the end of 02. October. I mean. Yeah, but I mean, at 16? Yeah, we were, we were dumb. Uh, yeah. 16, still. you cannot consent. 18. No. No. You're pretty stupid at 18 still. Yes, sir. Yep. I agree. I agree. So. But he got he got the 14-year-old girl, or was she 15? 14, 15, the preacher's daughter. He got her pregnant, and I think she ended up having an abortion. Yeah, she did. But the, yeah, that's too, that's too young. Yes. Period. That's it. I don't agree with that. That is, that's it, my big hang Age is not just a number. Age age becomes not a number when you're both two consenting adults. How about that? Yeah, if one of you is 55 and the other is 33, it's just a number. But when one is 22 and the other right. is fucking 12, so when, that's a when, problem. Supposedly when Koresh got with Lois Roden, he was, I think he was 24. Yeah, 83. 81, 83, I think, is when he was 24, and that's supposedly when he was with Lois Roden, who was in her late 60s, early 70s, or whatever. Uh-huh. And, okay, I, look, dude, that's not for me. If both of you are happy, somebody's robbing a cradle, look, that's, that's on you guys. You are now both adults making those decisions. 16, that's not an adult decision. Right. Sorry. Right. At that point, age is just a number. 
when they're too young Eventually. to make their own decision, when they're still living with their parents because they're not, I don't know, mature enough to do their own shit, it's not a number. It's yeah, a child. If you need your parents' consent to get married, you're too young. Yeah. Ugh. I guess that's my... No, I do not agree with the ATF slash FBI fucking everything up out there. Yeah. But I also don't agree with Dave Koresh fucking everything inside either. Yeah, and if it wasn't for that, I would say let them do their thing. I gotta be honest with you. Good. I'm not... We're agreed. I don't, I don't agree with polygamy. I don't disagree with it. No. But I don't see why it's against the law. That yeah, that's gonna be half. That's 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 up to those adults. If those adults are like, "Yay, sister wives, look at us go!" Fine. If if you want a sister wife, hey man, that's up to you. Yeah. So I mean, aside from the the kid stuff, if you know they want to be polygamists, let them do that. Who gives a shit? If they want to learn, they want to do this religious thing. Who gives a shit? Let them do it. You know what I mean? But just the kid thing. Yes, exactly. Just the kid thing is not reason enough to go in and just fucking go ape shit and obliterate everybody. They thought they were a a fucking militia. They, I mean, they were armed. They were armed very well. But they weren't armed to the point that the fucking agents were. Wasn't it said that they had enough firepower just to obliterate everybody out there if they really wanted to. If they, if the Branch Davidians really wanted to, they could have caused some damage. Well, I mean, they obviously did. They held off the fucking government for 51 days. Well, you could, you could chalk some of that up to the negotiators being like, Look, they said they're going to do this. They said they're going to do this. Just give them some time to do this. Well, yeah. But if that was me... In my house, with, you know, the guns I have, they're like, motherfucker, no, we're coming in. You're not getting 50, you know, whatever. You're not getting 40 more days until you're ready to come out. No. We're coming in after you. Yeah. So the the Davidians had to have some sort of firepower. In the- yeah. So after this, after this craziness, they were like, uh, you know, th- this was a miserable failure for the, for the federal agents. Any of them, ATF, FBI, whatever level they were, this was a this was a miserable failure. They learned, maybe, kind of, they learned different tactics after this. So uh, now they are more prepared to not look like just complete rejects in a tank, especially after this nonsense. It was Ruby Ridge, and then immediately after, it was this. They look like complete fucking numbskulls, dude. Yeah. Well, the tanks, that's from the military. None of the, I don't think any of these guys were mili- military trained. Well, no. Honestly, the only reason the ATF was there was the, the fucking lies that were being told about the Davidians. People were saying that they had rocket launchers, they had all this other bullshit, like... They were stockpiling weapons and all this other things, and they weren't to that extent. They they were a little bit. There was not enough evidence for them to just go blaze it in there like that. Well, the ATF should not have been involved, period. 
The ATF is like, think of the children. The government wanted more manpower, so they brought, they made up the bullshit about rocket launchers and fucking, uh, uh, what was it, uh, tank piercing rounds and all this other bullshit just so they could get the ATF involved. So, boom, there you go, more manpower. The government fucked this up. Yeah. Yes, I, I agree. I don't agree with what was happening inside, and I, and I don't agree with how they handled it on the outside. There's no, how many times you got to say it? No good guys. Right. Koresh should have been arrested. And they had ample opportunity to arrest his ass. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. He was, he was in town. He was all, they could have arrested him for the little, the, you know, the, the kid shit, but they didn't. Anytime. They, they went in and no. fucking killed. I, I don't even, I don't even remember the death toll. One is too fucking many in my eyes. Yeah. One death is too fucking many. Yeah, it was com- unnecessarily. That that should have been that should have been a red flag on their side when they went in the first time. We killed a couple innocents. We really fucked this one up. We need to step back and find out what's going on. Yeah. Yep. But I guess on another on another hand, they didn't really have much room to stand on. They were like, mm, "What about mass suicide? Well, what about it? You just killed how many?" You just killed how many yourself? There was no suicide. Even if that was their plan, mass suicide, let them do it. At least the blood is not on your hands. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're right. Right now, you and I are both looking at our government like, what the fuck did you guys do? You could have arrested Koresh, who did the kid shit, and that was it. That would all that would have to be. But instead, you yeah, went in that, and that... fucking murdered your own citizens. Viciously murdered. Do you think, with what you've learned now, between the personalities at hand, could somebody have gone up to the door? Hey, Mr. Koresh, come on outside. We we got to clear something up, Mr. Koresh. We got a problem. Look, there's there's a lot of talk about you and these guns, and there's a stuff about statutory rape. We We got to handle this. What's going on? And... If anything clicked in that officer's head, that agent's head, you know what? That girl looks like I've got probable cause because I'm seeing this girl. She's, there's a problem with her. Mr. Crush, you're under arrest for for this. I'm uh, We're going to call it mass pile of guns or whatever the term is. You got to come with us. And then just locked him up for a while. Just kind of stuck him in a hole for a bit. There would have been no repercussions because Koresh would have been like, I got this. You know, God's on our side. I got this. I just got to go. I mean, he could have gone down as a martyr in a sense that way. You know what I mean? Not not by being he, killed. He he Obviously, he wouldn't have died. He would have been arrested for their calls. and yeah. In a sense, it that's could a have been that simple. Mm-hmm. Could have been that simple. I don't think it would have been. Not once the siege took place. Yeah, they were mass piling these weapons for the battle messiah, and I don't know what the battle messiah is <laughs> next. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what his next plan was. Got all these weapons. If the ATF and FBI didn't show up, they're still mass piling these guns. They're sort of wholesaling. And selling off these guns to, would they still be out there today? And Koresh will be this 
this kind of, well, he's only four years younger than my mom. So he would have been this kind of older man, been like, uh, uh, the seal, the seven seals would come to me any day now. Do you think he would have got crazy? What's he going to do with the guns? What do you think? You, you think he would have just taken all of his guns and just marched into Waco proper and just started blazing? No, I think, I, honestly, I think the guns were for self-defense. I think they enjoyed guns. They enjoyed shooting. The guns were in self-defense. I don't think they would have ever gone into a city or whatever and just opened fire. But he still would have had those little girls. That's the only, that's a big bugaboo in my, my argument. Oh, my yeah. argument. Yeah. That's the problem. He should, he should have gone away for that. He should have gone to jail. All those innocent people, yeah. they should not have been fucking slain the way they were. No. Shall we end it on that? Yeah, you can edit this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. So, I I don't know. Throw your opinion at us. Bring on the weird at gmail.com. Get us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Apple Podcasts, five stars, and just, I don't know, just go with... Do you think Battle Messiah is a good band name? All right, yes. Let's just... Fine. We already know there's no good guys. We already figured all the shit out. Five stars. Do you want to hear a song from Battle Messiah? That We're not going to be Battle Messiah. We'll find somebody else to be Battle Messiah. Or do you have a better name? Yes. Suggest a name for this fool out there. I like Battle Messiah up to the point of creepy dark shit. Sinful Messiah, too. Sinful Messiah. That's... That's some death metal. That's death metal. Oh, you could be the singer, dude. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Look, each song is going to be a minute and a half and going to need three hours between songs so I can get my voice back. Yeah, you're definitely going to need some, like, chloroseptic and shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> Do we cover it all? Yeah, if you want some cool merch, go to myconspiracytees.com slash bring on the weird. I mean... We tell you every time, tees, hoodies, leggings, wall art, blankets, all kinds of stuff. If you want to listen to the book that I got my research from, go to, what was it? AudibleTrial.com slash bring on the weird. Sign up for your free trial. You get a free book. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And then we get a little, we get a little kickback on that and it'll help make the show better. Absolutely. One of these days we'll do some real research. Yeah, I, I wasn't too good on this one. I was I, I got a little confused in my timelines because I was listening to the book and I was watching the show and I was all I was all fucked up. <laughs> um, still a long mother trucking episode. Anyway, stay weird, world, and we'll see you guys next time.